banana. Hey. Banana. Welcome back. To How's it going? <laughs> so it's good. You always ask me that. Well, because I'm interested in how, how you're, you're doing here. That's true. We're still yeah. in quarantine, so I cannot see you. Who did we so do last is, week? Who did we do last week? Olivia O'Brien. Oh, yeah. I still like her stuff. It's really, I'm, I'm glad we did you that. You still listening to it? Good. Yes. I, I've been seeing a lot of, like, the newer things. Like, what was it? The last one was, like, Julia or something. Oh, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. I've been seeing that everywhere. I feel like that's, like, blowing up now. Yeah, they've really been pushing that. They've put out, like, like I said, they put out so many different versions of that. But mm-hmm. I haven't even looked. I think that's the last thing she dropped at the time of this recording. <laughs> Hopefully more. I really do like her a lot. So yeah. I'm glad we did yeah. the paired cash. But anyway, um, welcome back to the Radio Brain Podcast. I'm Anna. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Brittany. Or Brit. I don't know why I just said Brittany. I never say Brittany. <laughs> wow. Know. It's because you're with me. <laughs> wow. It's okay. <laughs> do you want to do that one so, again? No, it's good. We'll leave it in. They'll figure it out sooner or later. All right. <laughs> so, we'll leave yeah, some exciting. for the end. Um, but, um, yeah, we got to talk. Who are we talking about today? I don't know. You're you're running the show here today. That's I'm right. Just... It's me again. So, everyone be nice <laughs> to me because I'm very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think Billy went pretty good. I really liked it, so um, I think it sounded good. Yeah. So anything, anything new with you when it comes to the music? Listen music? to anyone new? Yeah. Um, you listen to anyone new? I know Billy Eilish dropped a new song, which is fire. It is like my favorite song she's dropped. Love it. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Have you listened to it yet? No, I have not. Oh my god. I put it on our um, Radio Brain Instagram. If you guys follow us there, um, we've, we're starting to do this thing where like, we post every Monday like new music. Um, we're also going to be posting some other stuff there. But uh, anyway, I posted about her song. It's called um, My Future. So good. Amazing. Love it. I've been listening to like a little bit <laughs> rougher stuff lately. I don't know. Do you, have I talked to you about Poppy before? Poppy the YouTuber? Oh, I think she, yeah, I think she does YouTube videos, but she's, I know her from just music. Like the creepy girl? Music. <laughs> yeah, the creepy girl. <laughs> yeah. I just know her from her music. I, I found her, sound guy, uh, Mark, he told me about her music before I ever saw any of the weird stuff. Okay. Um, but she has, her last album was a little bit, uh, a little bit more rock. And okay. uh, I, I don't know what exactly to put it in, what kind of category to put it in, but Does she sound like I a cyborg? No, <laughs> I do not. Do you not like her music? Oh no, I do. Are we gonna, are we gonna fight? Um, no, but she she's re-releasing her album. I disagree, and she has some new tracks on there. So I'm super excited about it. Nice, very nice. But I also I got a ton of vinyl in the mail today. Jillian yeah. Jacqueline, Lindsay Lohan, some Jonas Brothers. It looks good. Yeah, and then Poppy, Joe, Joe Jonas, the one her. Uh, it was supposed to be signed, and it was not signed. So. What the heck? Yeah, so they were they were seven inch picture discs. There were five total. One just regular one, one special one with a full band, and then one of each um, each brother. And it was supposed to come with a signed picture insert. I got Kevin's. Um, Joe's did not come with a signed insert. Uh, I haven't gotten Nick's yet, so we'll see. But uh, they said they'd send me another one. They could either refund me or send me another one um, to if I gave them an address, if they have it in stock. So that means I probably won't get one, but it was $7. So, like, it, I don't even feel like I paid. I feel like the signature <laughs> was just thro- thrown in for free, so I'm not even really that upset about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know. So, yeah, I got a ton of vinyl today. I got to add it to my stash. 
Yeah, you have a lot. So we'll have to share on um, our Instagram, like, what your collection looks like now between you and uh, your fiancé. But, like, uh, yeah, what is mostly Jonas Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> you have your collection. How many? You have, like, six of the Happiness Begins albums, don't you? Or um, Yeah, I have five Happiness Begins. I'm going to have five What a Man Gotta Do picture discs. <laughs> and then for a lot of other things, I have two because i have the deluxe vinyl club version and i have the uh standard version as well but they haven't dropped some of the standards for a while so i've been i've been checking Ooh, they just dropped one actually they just dropped nick jonas in the administration (gasps) so gonna have to uh the live at the will turn one so i'm gonna have to pick that up real quick you do you girl you you do whatever you want Mm -hmm. i've been listening to i don't know if i know said this before but i have um Fleetwood Mac uh, on vinyl from, mm-hmm. like, my mom from the 60s. Like, it's her old, old version, and it still is good, except it skips a little bit on the back, but otherwise perfect. But I've been playing that a lot lately. Like, I just, I'm such an, uh, I want fall to be here, and I want it to be October and to live my Halloween dreams. And, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to um, Bath and Body Works and bought a whole bunch of, like, fall scents, and my sister's like, like, it's not even October yet. Why are you buying this? I'm like, because I want it to be fall. Like, it's, it's August. It's close enough. So all these artists we've talked about, we've talked about Poppy. We've talked about Billy, Jonas Brothers. Very different from who we're going to talk about today. Am I right? That's right. We're uh, kicking it all <laughs> the way me. back to 2002 with Paramore. Oh, my God. I know. I don't even know what I was doing in 2002. Like, I was in second grade, I think. Yeah. But yep. Um, yep. in 2002, Haley Williams, well, one of the founders of Paramore, was 13 years old, which means she's a lot older than us, but not that old, you know, or she's good. Um, after her parents divorced, um, she moved from Mississippi to Franklin, Tennessee to go live with her mom. Um, and this was back, like I said, in 2002. Um, I wouldn't usually mention that, except that I feel like this divorce and like what she saw growing up like really influences her music later on which we'll see so that's why i mentioned it anyway so after moving to tennessee um she ended up meeting two brothers josh farrow and zach farrow and i really hope i'm saying their last name right so she met the the two brothers actually they met at a weekly supplemental program for homeschooled students so i guess uh Haley was another homeschooler um just kind of like billy Around the same time, she also started taking vocal lessons with Brett Manning, who I don't know who that is, but they kept referring to him, so I'm wondering if he's like a famous person in Tennessee. Yeah, he's an American vocal coach and singer. He's trained many well-known musical artists, including Taylor Swift, Keith Urban, Leona Lewis, ooh, Poppy, that's a good throwback, Uh, Luke (laughs) Bryan, (laughs) Miley Cyrus, uh, and Haley Williams, so yeah. Okay, okay, so famous guy met up with him started taking vocal lessons and she kind of accredits a lot of her you know strong vocals um to working with him i guess so around this time uh after she met the two brothers josh and zach it's a little bit hazy on how this whole thing happened but there was a band previously called the factory and it was i think formed by the two brothers and their friend jeremy davis but there's also some mentions of like this guy taylor york um there's some other names mentioned and it doesn't say like who exactly founded it um but the main thing is that Haley joined them for a little bit and was kind of writing songs for them and and that's how they met all of these people will eventually become members of paramore um but they were originally in this other band 
soon after she left that band, so she was only in it for a little bit, um, and she was scouted by managers Dave, I can't say his last name, but Dave Stunbrink and Richard Williams, who I do not think they're related, so... Yeah, so she was scouted by them because I guess she was, there's just, there's not a lot of information. You know, she was really young at this time, not really well known, but she was like taking vocal lessons from a famous person. She was kind of working with this band. She was also apparently writing some pop songs for songwriters in Nashville. Um, and that's kind of where they picked her up. So she was kind of in the industry and was, you know, it, it doesn't really say exactly what like how she, it wasn't like a big thing, like, oh, she was discovered here. It was just, she was kind of doing her thing and really passionate about music um, at an early age. After she was scouted by those two, she was signed with Atlantic Records as a solo artist instead of the group that she was with. However, she convinced them to let them like kind of piece together a pop rock alternative band just because she kind of clashed with the record, like the Atlantic Records, what they were trying to do for her. They were like, you, you should be a, you know, solo artist and you have such strong vocals, but she wanted to really be like this alt pop, you know, punk rock kind of person. In an interview, um, she said she didn't really want to be like this pop princess or like how like most people around that time were being seen. She wanted to like show that she could be a rock band and like that they are writing their own songs and like doing rock songs. So that that was really important to her. That, that, that's kind of curious that she was able to sort of sway them because I feel like a lot of times you hear uh, like with Jessica Simpson she wanted to go into country music but she the label wanted her to go into pop because she had that blonde you know sweet like big boob like look yeah it's kind of surprising me to hear that she was able to convince them to go that way you know yeah. what I mean and it may might have been because who she does end up she ends up recruiting the people that were in her old band so maybe like she showed them their chemistry and showed them how they worked together before and they're like oh maybe we can do something with this but like she's been said like she said multiple times that like some people were kind of put off by like a strong female voice in like a rock band i know like avril was kind of coming out around this time too so maybe they were like oh maybe we can do like an avril thing but yeah it was more she wanted to do like a rock band and she she was you know headstrong for that yeah i'd even say she's a little more rock than even avril is oh yeah i wouldn't compare the two and a lot of people do but i i they're they're way different I, th- I wonder if people do just because it's that early 2000s, you know, sort of alt era. <laughs> True. <laughs> you, know? <Yeah. laughs> like, you know, back where, you know, They're bangs women. over they the eyes, the same, right? my space. Oh, gosh. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just joking. <laughs> the Atlantic Records, they agreed with her, I guess, somehow. I don't know how. Haley, if you're listening to this, or if anyone knows, like, that'd be an interesting story, how you, like, turn this whole record label and be like, heck yeah, I'm going to do this. Like, that's such an empowering story. That would be something really cool to hear. Especially because she was so young, right? Yeah, she was only 13. Dang. Like, how, Man, what was I doing so when crazy. I was 13? <laughs> Selling girls. I was cookies. just discovering Paramore when I was 13, I think. When we're going through our little emo phase, you know. So... She got uh, Atlantic Records to agree, um, and then she ended up recruiting the people from the old band, so Josh Farrow, um, who was the lead guitarist and backing vocals, um, his brother Zach Farrow, which is, he was the drummer, and Jeremy Davis, who was the bass guitar. Um, a lot of people apparently at this time were thinking like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere because like Jeremy Davis was only 12 at the time. So it's like, yeah, like a 12-year-old over there on the bass guitar, like I can't even imagine. 
anyway, so um, they officially formed Paramore, and I didn't I didn't know this actually. It was like Paramore came from a maiden name of the mother of one of the first bass players, so like probably from Davis. The, the, the name is actually kind of coming from the word paramour without an E, which means secret lover. So they were like, oh, that sounds really cool. So they um, decided to keep it because it was also like the maiden name and like it was spelled differently and very edgy and cool. So that's where the name came from. What an interesting last name. Why would you want to be named paramour with an E? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't have the answer. I wish I did, though. I've never I literally never questioned a name as much as I am now. I didn't even realize it was spelled incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's how it's spelled for a name-wise, but, like, the word that means secret lover is param, like, more with, like, an out and E. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I don't a, know. I'm an engineer. I don't know how to spell things, so. But I just thought it was interesting, because, like, I never never really sure. sat back and thought, like, why they're named Paramore, and I'm sure all the Paramore stands out there are, like, banging their heads against a wall, but it's, like... I don't know. I never really crossed my mind. So, so um, after they became Paramore, um, Atlantic Records was like, oh, you know, I don't think this kind of fits our brand. So we're going to actually release the first album under this other label called Fueled by Ramen. So if you've seen that around, they're, they're oh. like owned by both of them. Isn't that, um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. I was obsessed with him. <laughs> oh my God, from Fallout Boy. Pete Wentz, isn't that his label? Oh, probably. I don't know. Because I've seen it around a lot. And it's more of like a like an edgy kind of niche music label. Like, I, I think that's what they went for or like when it was still new-ish. So um, Paramore is technically signed by both Atlantic Records and Fueled by Ramen. So, so they released Jimmy Eats World self-titled EP. The Academy Is is another one they've worked with. It looks like Gym Class Heroes, Panic at the Disco. Oh, yeah. 21 Pilots. Oh, all time! Oh my God, all time low, Mister <laughs> Wives. They must be owned by Atlantic Records then, or like work with them or something. Okay, so Fall Out Boy was signed to that label at one point. That's probably why I'm thinking about that. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking about that. Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I had the vague memory of Fueled by Ramen, Pete Wentz. Anyways, no, you know, it's actually <laughs> interesting that you mentioned Florida because. Moving on to a good transition, um, after they were signed to Fueled by Ramen, they went down to Orlando, Florida to start working on their first album, which I wrote in here that I was like, that's super odd. Why would you go to Orlando and not like L.A.? But it's like, you oh. know, that used to be the place to be. That's where a lot of um, boy bands got their start. Like really? O-Town. O-Town. You know, have you heard of them? That's literally like Orlando Town, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Um, but then Backstreet Boys. I mean, Nickelodeon Studios were in Orlando for a bit. Okay. Which is not yeah, related to music, but Orlando used to be different. I mean, now you just hear about L.A. Like, you don't really hear, and, and maybe Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, those are, like, pretty much it. But maybe there's still more in Orlando. Anyway, I just thought that was really weird. And I'm like, why would you go all the way to Orlando from, like, Nashville to go record an album? But, like, that makes sense. Um, so they moved down to Orlando. And, like, a couple days after they arrived, the bassist, Jeremy Davis, who was, like, only 12 at the time, uh, left the band citing personal reasons. So he just kind of, nope, it's not for me, and left. Uh, this actually kind of helped, maybe in the long scheme of things, the band, because their first album is totally pretty much inspired by him leaving and like the thought of loss or like like a loved one or something. So like even like their first um, single that we'll talk about, like the opening of their album is just all about 
how this guy left. And the cover art, if you saw it, it's like this big empty red sofa that was also like inspired by it, where it's like, oh, you had a band and then you just just left and gone. Yeah, I don't know. I just I thought that was kind of interesting, and I didn't know that because like I've listened to this album a whole bunch, and like I didn't realize it was co- like pretty much inspired by this event happening. Yeah, that you know that that makes a lot more sense now. Like looking at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's kind of funny when you think about it because I feel like that's such like a middle school thing to do. I know. Well, I, and it's like he he said, which he is the right cited, age, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He cited personal reasons, and like I got really confused researching this because I thought he was gone, gone. But I guess he came back a couple months later, or like came back when they started touring. So like the songs must have been already written. And, like, then he's performing songs about him leaving. Like, I, that would be so weird for me. I don't know how I What's feel about name? that. Uh, Jeremy Davis. And that's why I was I getting wonder, confused. I wonder why. Because he left, and then I figured, oh, he's gone. But then I saw him in pictures of them performing, like, when they were touring. And I'm like, okay, then he had to come back at some point. So I think he came back either, like, when the thing, the album was released or, like, right before it. Or he helped produce it. Like, I really don't. I don't know. I think that's kind of like a, a band secret. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to know why he left. I don't know. I mean, these they were pretty young. All all these people are kids, you know. Yeah, maybe he was just homesick. That could be it too. I don't know. And or there could have been issues within the band and like Haley and a lot of the things or a lot of the songs like she kind of talks about like fighting or like a discourse kind of a thing. So maybe there was some kind of like fighting between bandmates. I mean, we don't, I don't think we'll ever know. I hate things like that. <laughs> I want to know everything. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because, like, I got super confused. But so he came back eventually. Anyway, um, all the songs on this first album were written by Haley and Josh Farrow. I really hope it's Farrow and not Farrow. If it's Farrow, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. You know, we have accents here. So the first album ended up becoming called All We Know Is Falling. Um, it was released in Ju- on July 26, 2005. So I think it took about like a year to write and finish the, the recordings for it. Um, however, it had a weak domestic commercial performance. So I, I wrote, read this somewhere that the label company was, was telling them to not focus on like radio success, but try and focus more on like word of mouth success. So like okay. trying to get people to listen to them at like small venues and like like, oh, they're going to blow up that way. But, like, I don't think it worked. So, because <laughs> it didn't get onto the radio. They didn't get a lot of success with it. Uh, yeah, they, I did not know that this was their first album. Yeah. This until their, until yeah. you texted me. I legit, I, I thought they only had three albums, which makes me, like, a clearly, like, you know, Fairweather fan, whatever. But <laughs> I thought Riot was their first album. It was their first. Well, and, like, the only reason that this one has, like, eventually some of these songs became, like, platinum is because of how successful Riot was. Um, but when it first came out, it, it didn't really chart at all. Like, none of none of the songs made it onto the Billboard 200 list. One, I think the album itself reached 30 on Billboard's Heat Seekers chart, which I don't really know what that is. So, like, it was kind of there, but, like, didn't get much um, recognition at all. People were saying that, like, Haley's voice, and, and I've always had such a hard time describing her voice and, like, why it works so well, um, just because she's got, like, such a strong control of her voice that she can belt so, like, heavily and have such, like, good breath control. And then with, like, the the strong instruments behind her and, like, all the, like, the loud, like, headbanging kind of music, it really, I think it just works really well. However, and, like, this album itself is really great. 
I just don't think that it was marketed well or like it didn't do as well because they were so new. I mean, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, see, especially like back then, the internet wasn't what it is today. I feel like, well, 2005, I don't know. I was on MySpace then. I just feel like it, it's so hard. I feel like for most people, de- debut albums are really hard to get traction off the ground if they don't have something behind them like another follow. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Although maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just the people that I listen to, but... Well, and you are right, though. There wasn't a lot of internet stuff back then. I mean, like, we had MySpace, but, you know, what else was out there besides MTV music videos that, like, you would find new music? At least for me, I didn't know. And it's like, I think that there's a huge difference between how marketing was back then and how it is now. I also think it's harder to get this kind of stuff on like top 40 radio you know i mean obviously not impossible because their next their next album would have spoiler alert would have some songs (laughs) that i'm sure got played but whenever i think about stuff like this like i think about um the radio station like our like top 40 pop radio station that we grew up with and i'm like i could not imagine them playing something like this on there yeah, but no. you know, then they've played some questionable things in the past. Not, not that this is questionable, <laughs> but like, <laughs> never mind. I'm, I'm gonna stop digging myself a hole. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> anyway, long story short, it didn't do that well. It just, you know. And I'm glad. Well, I'm glad they stuck with it too, because like they were super young at the time, and I don't know. They were just so passionate about music. I think Haley. I read this a quote somewhere. I don't. I don't have it offhand, but she said somewhere like the two brothers and like the people in her band were like the first people she met who were like as passionate as she is about music. So like I think that's what really kept the, you know, the band together, even though they mm-hmm. didn't hit such like commercial success, you know. Um, right. But anyway, let's uh, dive into the album, and we'll start off with the first track on the album. It's called All We Know. And this is one that you said was about that guy that left, right? Yeah, so this one like starts off really strong. Um, it kind of sets the tune, in my opinion, for the album, where it's like, kind of like a good headbanger but it's like this song is very much about davis leaving because like there's like i have um the lyrics in here it's like the very first line of lyrics like we've tried so hard to understand but we can't we held the world out to in our hands and you ran away like this wasn't what you wanted so it's all about like you know, I don't think she, I think she's talking directly to this guy that left. And it's like, you know, we had this huge opportunity and like, you just left us, man. Like, what the heck? I'm, I'm a little torn because like, I mean, obviously they're middle schoolers. I'm not expecting like high class like lyrics here, but I think, I don't know. I guess you got to draw inspiration from, from what you draw inspiration from, because to me, it's kind of like, this is just about like a guy leaving, like, unless they were super close. I don't know. I thought it was going to be about something deeper than that, but. Maybe that's a big deal. I've never been in a band, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and maybe that's the thing that makes this so like like such a good song that like she wrote it inspired by this event, but like it can be taken as like a relationship thing or like a breakup or whatever or whatever, anything, you know. There are I will say like I and I don't know if this is just like because I used to listen to this stuff all the time when I was younger, this kind of music. But there's one line in here, well, technically two lines, where it's because we all know, because all we know is falling, it falls. Remember, because I know that we won't. Remember, because I know that we won't forget at all. Like, and some of that just feels like saying words to say words to full time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember, because yeah. I know that we won't forget at all. Like, 
I don't know. I, I've noticed that, okay, after listening, I, the thing, okay, and, and here's why I think, like, I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is why I love Paramore, is because I love the sounds. I love how she sounds. I love the music and everything. I'm not in it for the lyrics, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I'm not a lyrics person, but, like, I love all of these songs because I love how they sound and I love her voice. Um, so it's like, for someone who's more about, like, the lyrics, yeah, these can seem kind of, like, juvenile or, like, not very deep. But I also didn't realize that they were kind of, you know, I, I guess we'll go juvenile lyrics until I read them. Like listening to them, I was like, okay, cool. Like yes. you know, it does. It is. It is like like it, it. It is. I feel like it is a good song. Like especially to start off the album. I will say I had to listen to these first. The the ones that you sent me, I had to listen to them a couple times because like they all sounded the same to me. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what we have to listen to the sounds of things, you know. But like, okay, so the next one we're gonna talk about actually to me sounds a lot different so the next one is conspiracy um and this was actually the very first song that the band wrote together um she was only 13 when she wrote the song it's it's this one i guess to me sounds a lot more softer and towards the middle it's got more guitar but like it sounds like a softer kind of song yeah, I think, I mean, it starts off slower, but, and, and maybe this is just the nature of this kind of music. It just, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's because she is such, like, a belty singer. Like, it seems like most of what she does is belting. I think mm-hmm. my, it just kind of runs together in my brain. I know that's, like, not a good <laughs> explanation for anything. Like, I feel like that's such a friggin' cop-out, but. Well, how many times have I, com- like, complained about Nick Jonas's voice? You know, like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's I a know, personal I like, preference. I'm not. I'm not complaining about her voice either because I think her voice. I think her voice sounds great. It's just to me like uh, with the music like this. And and you know what? I you could say this for any genre, but I, sometimes like when when I was listening to them, like I don't know if it's just like the way the, the way they use the guitars or something, and the way she uses her voice. I just they they all sounded so similar to me. Yeah. But I mean that's also a cohesive album, so I'm probably complaining about nothing right now. <laughs> I'm just nitpicking. <laughs> Well, we're, it's a, it's like in the middle of the album, so I think it's a good a good slower song when you listen to it all the way through. This is another one that like the lyrics, I guess, don't make so much sense to me, and they're kind of they seem like just kind of there to be there. But it's like talking about um, like people's loyalties and like if they can be trusted, and it's like uh, speak softly so that they can't hear us or whatever and they'll find out that we don't trust them and it's like to explain this conspiracy against me but like she repeats it over and over and over again so it's like for me the song again is about how it sounds not so much what it's saying also it's very contradictory because you're right that first that first verse is please speak softly for they will they will hear us and they'll find out why we don't trust them speak up dear because i cannot hear you i need to know why we don't trust them <laughs> Like, it's like someone talking. Uh, make up I your mind. I mean, yeah, and to be honest, I wasn't as big of a fan of this one. I don't know. I, I don't know why. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything. I, I've, I've said a couple. I shouldn't say that. I've said a couple negative things about it, but it was just kind of like, it didn't blow me away, you know? Yeah. The only reason I mention it is because it's their first official song they wrote together and it's like probably some fans have like a a dear spot in their heart or maybe they don't maybe that's just kind of a throwaway song i don't really know i i am confused by the narrative here maybe there just is no narrative though but it seems like there's a narrative 
I mean, it's probably talking about, I don't about know like, why I'm confused. <laughs> no, it's like, they're they're definitely, I think they're trying to be kind of edgy and just be like, ooh, there's a conspiracy. Like, oh, well, can we make a song that says conspiracy in it? Like, that'll be really cool. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Like, that's probably what happened. Oh, I'm just like, I'm flashing back to like my Twilight years and I'm just having, that's, that's all I can think about right now. Just so much regret. Wait, why? I don't know. Oh, because that was just, oh, I look at pictures and I'm like, why? Of Twilight characters? No, of me during oh. that time. That's all I can think about right now. Maybe that's why I'm not crazy about this album, because it's remi- it's reminding me of a time of my life that I'm like, oh, gross. Wait, Go when you went me. through your emo phase? I wouldn't even call it an emo phase. Like, I was painting my, my nails black. I was dyeing my hair, like, fire engine red. Like, Girl, but, like, I wore a black shirt and... I thought I was emo, so that's that's the yeah. <laughs> that that ugh. oh gosh, that's like, what this I is reminding me of. I used to hang out with like I would call them like goth kids or like punk rock kids, and like they would wear all the stuff from Hot Topic, and I'm like I gotta hang out, like I gotta be cool like them, so I'd wear like my jeans and a black shirt, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm super edgy, like I go to Hot Topic. <laughs> I I can I can top that. I used to hang out with people who would wear foxtails on the back of their pants like little wolves is that still that's gotta still be now there now there's furries out there but like are there people that still like (laughs) i don't want to offend the furry community i'm sorry oh yeah anyways let's move on from that So, yeah, I think I just, some of the stuff, like, it just, I feel like they're trying to sound more grown up than they are. Like, please speak softly for they will hear us. I feel yeah. like that's, like, some writing that I used to do when I used to try to write stories when I was younger yep. and I wanted to sound like an adult. I, I mean, know. you gotta remember, they're only 13. They know? are. I'm, I'm, I'm dragging them way too hard for how old they were. If they were 13 <laughs> now, I'd be like, whoa, okay, Britt, calm down here. You know what? For their age, it is impressive because when I was their age, I couldn't even play a friggin' flute. There you go. I, I could play Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars on the piano. There we go. All right, moving on from uh, Conspiracy, we're going to talk about Pressure, which was another one of their singles um, debuted as a single on August 2nd, 2005. Again, it failed to chart the billboards um, or make it to radio. But um, they did release a music video with it, and it's basically just them, like, rocking out in their garage. It also follows, like, two girls who are, like, they're feeling pressure. Like, one's pressuring the other to, like, be pretty or, like, like it's, it's just kind of like a... Then, then there's, like, another guy who's, like, working and feel pressure because he is working too much. And so it's, it's just, like, it's another song. I thought I'd mention it because it... Um, had a music video with it but it's a pretty good song too it's not one of my favorite but it, it's okay see i actually liked this one better and i i think it might be because the lyrics i can see the actual narrative in my head as i'm reading them like it okay. makes sense to me it doesn't seem like it's contradicting itself also i think it's relatable we've all felt pressure you know what i mean sure yeah but like see i want to i keep wanting to pull the first verse because that's just the easiest thing to do but um it's what sets the tone for the song it, it all makes sense. I, I I don't care. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it with the first verse. I've read the whole song, guys. I don't have to prove it to you. <laughs> Go for but, it. Um, the first verse. Tell me where our time went, and if it was time well spent, just don't let me fall asleep feeling empty again. Like that that makes sense to me. That makes a lot more sense than be quiet. Hey, talk louder. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Just, and this is like you know, this is some serious 
shiz for like a 12 year old to be writing about too like mm-hmm. you, you know so we say but i think i think people forget how much like even if it's not stuff like oh like they don't have to worry about bills like there's other pressures that children face yeah for sure groups and all that stuff but this is something i feel like anyone of any age can relate to which is pretty impressive for a teenager i would say yeah well and i feel like this is another one this there's there's two main themes on this album the first one is of that davis guy leaving and the second is about um Haley's parents divorcing we're going to talk about another song too but i feel like this one could also be under the category of like her parents divorce and like feeling the pressure of that and just feeling like how much like weight there is and like witnessing that as a kid like that's gotta be really hard or or even the fact that you know they they she's pretty much they've uprooted their lives from where they were to move to Orlando and all of a sudden that you know they're they're young kids who normally would be going to math class and hanging out with their friends after school riding oh, that's bikes true and too. stuff like that and you know all of a sudden they have this career that they're trying to manage and they're trying to put together this album that people are going to listen to that's going to be sent to like radios for consideration maybe like you know they're trying to make it big and maybe they're just feeling all that pressure they're so busy all the time i mean i I think that could that could definitely have something to do with it too because can you imagine like it can't let it flop (laughs) yeah yep yep because sometimes when it flops they kick you to the curb. So <laughs> clearly not all the time, because it sounds like this album, from what you've said, flopped, and, you know, they're still kicking. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I like that one. I thought it was, the music video for it is kind of cool. It reminds me of, like, my early teenager years of, like, yeah, like, I'm going to go against the man, and, like, this is so cool and edgy. It's interesting to watch it again. So the last song we're going to talk about, I know there's some other really good songs on here, too, but I can't go through all of them, um, is Emergency. This is their second single off the album. It was also released, which I was surprised, on a 7-inch vinyl in the UK um, in 2006. And it contained a B-side which an un- with an unreleased song called Oh Star, which I listened to that song and wasn't a huge fan. So sorry if you like that. But um, I just thought that was interesting that like they were releasing vinyl. And like now vinyl is super big. And like I want to get my hands on that. But I don't know where. Yeah, I I had that thing not to talk about the Jonas Brothers game, but there's two vinyls from around that time the Jonas Brothers put out that were only sold in the UK. And yeah, I spent good money on them. So <laughs> okay, maybe I have to look for this one. This song, uh, Haley has said it's it's about her witnessing her parents' arguments and. Um, their marriage failing. So if you listen to some of the lyrics, it says like, cause I've seen love die way too many times when it deserved to be alive. I've seen you cry way too many times and you deserve to be alive. And it's like, so are you listening? Are you watching me? So it's, it's, it's kind of told from the perspective of like a kid, um, witnessing this like horrible, like fighting it's i like it i think it's good it's all about like how there's like this emergency like there's in a relationship it could even be taken from that not even like as a kid but like there's a relationship and like there's something going wrong and what do we do about it yeah and and, you know also you know when you see your parents fighting like that as a kid all you want is for them to get along yeah so i think i think if that's where she was drawing inspiration from which i mean seems likely i think she hit the nail on the head because again like i said the narrative like makes sense with this it's i mean and it sucks to like think about oh yeah a kid having to sit there and listen to their parents fight all the time that's not 
that's not a good way to grow up you know what i mean no yeah so that's that's what this song kind of i mean you can also take it a different way as well um but i just i think it's really interesting that like she was so young and already kind of drawing connections between such like powerful music and like real world situations and and making it sound really interesting so yeah i think that oh there was one other thing i want there's a song on there called franklin which never crossed my mind but it's uh, a nod to her moving to franklin tennessee and like it's all about like not feeling at home and like starting over i didn't know that until i started researching this and like that's where she moved to so i'm like oh that's a nice little nod so that's pretty much the album um like i said i can't go through every song but definitely it's it's the album itself is is a good listen to i know like some of the songs kind of like brit said is it they run together a little bit but that's just i think that's the genre and just kind of how old the album is but it's definitely worth worth a listen so after releasing the album they booked um the winter go west tour that started in january 2006 um, and played along seattle bands amber pacific and the lashes which i don't know either of those later that year they also opened for bayside and the rocket summer so i'm guessing these are all some like rock bands. In the summer of 2006, they played a portion of the Warp Tour and played their first night on the main stage in the in their hometown of Nashville. So that must have been really special to be on this huge tour and like playing in your hometown. It was around this kind of time. Kind of feels like coming home. Yeah, yeah. So it was around this time where the band Paramore started to pick up some attention. So still not like radio success, but they were definitely headlining um, sold out audiences in late 2006. Um, And they were also voted best new band of the year, but I don't know by who, that was just on Wikipedia. And I'm like, apparently they're best new band. Uh, they were touring a lot. They were doing a lot of stuff in like late 2006. Um, and then they started thinking about doing their next studio album. And it was right around this time that our old pal Jeremy Davis was expelled from the band due to his lack of worth ethic and participation and things that Zach Haley and Josh just didn't agree with. So they're like, you're out. Bye, buddy. But then I guess he came back again, question mark, because they made an agreement where like he was allowed to come back. I guess for some things. They also picked up another guitarist, Taylor York, who was also part of that old group, um, The Factory. Um, But like, I guess his parents thought he was too young to start touring until like 2006. So he joined the band too. So now we've got Haley, the two brothers, Josh and Zach, Jeremy Davis sometimes, and then Taylor York as like their main, another guitarist. So that's all of Paramore. That's who the main Paramore is now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Jeremy, if he was out out of it, he wasn't out of it for long. Just looking at the timeline on Wikipedia, I mean, it looks like he was out for just. I mean, I see the block right before their first studio album. I did, there's not like a break after that, so it must have just been like a short thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It was very. It, I saw like a few articles of Jeremy Davis expelled from Paramore. Jeremy Davis kicked. <laughs> out of Paramore I'm like oh dang like this is serious but then he came back anyway so like I feel like he just keeps like you know coming and going as he pleases I guess he joined them back again um the the band moved to New Jersey this time to work with producer David Bendeth Bendeth I think um again not in LA but this one's yeah New Jersey what's in New Jersey I don't know the Jonas Jonas Brothers Kevin, they went to go work with Kevin Jonas. The Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know anything else in New Jersey. I don't either. I'm sorry. Isn't that New bakery Jersey from ends. Cake Boss in New Jersey? Probably, but I don't like Cake Boss. I like Duff from Ace of Cakes. 
Anyways. <laughs> it's very serious. This is a very serious conversation. So they moved to New Jersey. <laughs> they moved to New Jersey to work on their next album called Riot. Yes, which love, was love Riot. so good. We'll get there. It's a riot. It's a riot. Um, it was released on June 12th of 2007, and it made, um, it made it to, I found some conflicting numbers, but I think the the major consensus of, is it got to 26 on the Billboard 200 list um, and hit number 24 on UK's charts for the album. Um, it also so- sold 44,000 copies in its first week in the US. The name Riot came from, I guess, the actual word, which by definition means like a sudden outburst of uncontrolled emotion. And Haley was quoted saying, when we were writing, it seemed like our thoughts and emotions were coming out so fast that we couldn't control them. It felt like there was a riot within us, so the album takes our passion to a new level. It's all just raw energy. And I feel like you can really see that with their songs. Like, it just feels kind of like a huge explosion. Of the, like, like the energy on the album? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I think this one, like, I mean, the other one, I, I don't want to say the other one was boring, but this one, I, I definitely feel like it's a little, it's a little more exciting to listen to. There, It seems like they have a higher energy just throughout the songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's definitely what they were going for. So it, it received pretty positive reviews um, from music critics and was praised kind of like as a poten- with crossover potential, which I think means like crossover to radio or like crossover to like main Oh, absolutely. People? Okay, so they're they saying, like, there's a lot of potential here with this this album. I actually, my, speaking of, speaking of that, the, the way I discovered, or when I first came across Paramore, it was because their song, Crush, 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 was on, and now that's what I call music CD. Okay. Which, to me, is, like, the definition of crossover. If you're featured on one of those CDs, like, you know you've made it. Okay, see, that's I, all I'm saying. I found them around this time too, but it was, I think it was with Misery Business and it was YouTube. I think this was when YouTube started hitting and like it was also on MTV. So it's like, that's when I first heard it and I was like, wow, this is so cool and edgy. Wow, I'm like, like 12 years old, but this is so cool. <laughs> but we will start with Misery Business. Which this is, I think this is one of the first songs I heard by them. Um, and then once I listened to this whole album, I listened to their first album. And like, I've been in love with that stuff for a long time. But a lot of people consider Misery Business as like Paramore's breakthrough hit. Definitely has sold the most in all of their songs. It's been the most listened to. It also is like big crossover potential. So I guess the phrase misery business was first heard in Stephen King's adaptation of psycho thriller film Misery, which I didn't know that either. I mean, or maybe it's just like a saying, but like somewhere in there he says like this is misery business. And there's also some like conflicting statements of where the the name like the the inspiration for the song came from because according to Field by Ramen, it came from a message Haley posted on the band's live journal asking fans to post what they're ashamed of. And then she said, I found um, that people were, re- were reaching out to someone to spill their guts. Um, so I did the same thing lyrically and let everything out. Um, it's more honest than anything I've ever written and the guys matched that emotion musically. However, on per- like their official blog, she claims it was written about a past experience involving um, one of her male friends who felt like 
he was being manipulated by a girl and then she just kind of wrote like about the situation so there's maybe it's a little bit of both but um there's definitely like two stories of like what inspired the song yeah i i always i get so annoyed when they tell different stories over time because it also could be and like oh gosh we were talking about the Jonas Brothers way more on this than we've talked about them any episode (laughs) on here so far but I know they've said before they used to just make stuff up yeah which makes it really difficult for podcasts like this one (laughs) when you're trying to you know you're trying to be as factual as you can but you're at the mercy of the internet and you know when there's conflicting things it's like what are you supposed to do call up Haley Williams and be like yo what's what's the scoop (laughs) why did you write the song yeah and she and maybe it's a personal thing too or like to me for me it makes more sense that it's like her writing about like one of her friends who she noticed like it was a guy and like he's being used by a girl and like what happens afterwards and like then she kind of gets him back and like that makes more sense to me than like writing on a forum i don't i don't really get what they're saying but that's just my opinion it it is a little what i did what i have noticed about the song in the past thematically it is very it reminds me a lot of skater boy like the the general storyline of it but it's like it's like a harsher skater boy yeah yeah i mean once a whore nothing more like that's uh, like in today's lens, that's kind of like, ooh. And I know she said before that she regrets that lyric, or now she regrets it. Yeah, Probably I not actually, I have that written down later. You're skipping ahead. Oh, it's just Sorry. like me. But, pulling um, an Anna. <laughs> you pulling it? But uh, yeah, I, I can say that real quick. She she announced at a concert in 2018 that that this was like the last time they were going to play that song live, just because that verse um, was under fire for being sexist and anti-feminist. So she regrets that, and it doesn't sound like they'll be playing. I wish, like, she would just, like, sing it, but, like, with a different lyric, maybe? Because it's still a good song. I mean, I will say, when I was a, when I was a teenager, though, and, like, heard that, and I was like, oh, scandalous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it'd be hard to get people to, like, switch over, but I mean, she could have said, out the door, you're nothing more. Huh? There you go. Huh? Hey, that, that's not sexist. Haley, you listening? You can sing that song with that. There you go. And it fits the rhyme screen. Haley, call us. <laughs> we'll write for you. Yeah. You need you need to you need to get rid of some cuss words. Leave it up to us. <laughs> we'll keep it clean. Yeah, because I mean it's such a good song, and that's really I mean yeah the, the line "Once a horror, you're nothing more." That to me. I mean, back back when I was, you know, 13 listening to this, I didn't see a problem with it. But, you know, now as an adult, as we as we learn things like, yeah, I, I see how it's a little bit like slut shamey for sure. Oh, yeah. And like I, I, it, it, I would say it's probably a little to me. It, to me, it's a little bit cringy. I, we, that, that's life. We learn things. And I, I think other than that, I think it's still a good song. I mean, I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. It's still catchy. I, I can't believe that their instinct was they'd rather just not perform it than change that line if that's the line everyone had a problem with to go to ride this wave as well it's like the music video for it is kind of bad too i just kind of like oh is it yeah it's 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 about like this you know kind of like evil woman that goes around stealing all the guys and then Haley comes at the end and like takes out her breast implants or and then like takes out her uh oh wipes off all her makeup and it's like hi you're nothing and it's like you know as women we shouldn't really be beating down other women and like we should kind of it's kind of eh, not the greatest yeah but you know there's so many songs that you could dissect and be like that's awful what's not i mean 
Yeah. The uh, song it still sucks. It is such a catchy it's song. still amazing. I, that, <laughs> that music, I, I don't think I want to watch the music video after hearing that. Like, yeah. I, I see, I definitely see why people would be upset. I'm definitely over here like, ooh, like that scene. But, you know, if you think about the time this was released in, it's kind of like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I de- definitely, like, especially when you're trying to be, like, kind of edgy and, like, the, the context matters of, like, the time, right? Well, it's like- and also, when you're, when you're that young and when you're the only girl in a band of boys, you know, like, I feel like sometimes you tend to try to be a guy's girl. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. don't, like, because who... Like you're you're the only female there. Like I mean, you I've, know? I've done that in the past because I'm an engineer, and it's like I'm surrounded by guys all the time. And like, I would say I did that in, in college sometimes, which I'm not proud of. I mean, I wasn't like a, a total bitch, but it's like you know, it's like you kind of have to put up this front that you're like a badass because you have to like fit in with the guys, or like I'm different than other girls. Yeah, like, and it you sucks. Know? So, yeah, I mean, uh, to sum it up, it's, I feel like context matters that it was, what, over, gosh, yeah, over 10 years ago? God, when was it? 2005? 2007 is when the album came out. I don't know when the song dropped, but. Yeah. So, it's from very early 2000s. Things were kind of different back then. Music videos were a lot different. Music in general. Um, And it's just, it's. I think going back, I, I wish that they would play the song more. Just change the lyric or, or you know, she's kind of already addressed some of that um, controversy. Or maybe she just doesn't want to play it anymore. And that's that's okay, too. That's that's her choice as an artist. It is a bummer because that song does go pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Like, that chorus, like, man, so catchy. Like, even now, I, I could probably play it and I would probably, I feel like I would know all the lyrics without missing oh, yeah. a beat. I will say, though, I learned something that... The very, I've, from all the years and years I've listened to the song, I never knew what she said at the very beginning, where she was like, dun, dun, dun. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hit that, hit that snare. Oh. I never knew that. I found that out because I looked up the lyrics like a person should. I've never even questioned what it was. I, like, I didn't know what it was before you just said that. I was just kind of like, oh, noises. Yeah, like, I, always, I yeah, I just, I never knew what it was. I mean, maybe it's like distorted or something but yeah apparently it's hit that hit that snare yeah, but just the lyrics on the you can tell they're older because like sorry i'm just i'm still like reading through the lyrics that's right fine now. she's got a body like an hourglass it's ticking like a clock it's a matter of time before we all run out when i thought it was mine she got to by the mouth i don't know like all that time wordplay I, I like it i'm a fan it's good i it's like a this good song. song it slaps it's so good and just i just remember seeing her the music video, okay, that, that that other part is bad, but the good part about the music video is it's, like, them singing with, like, all the riot behind them and stuff, and, like, just her iconic orange hair, bright orange hair, like, her bright orange microphone, and it's, like, I was just, like, that was the epitome of, like, I want to be that, like, that's cool, you know? Yeah, that's the color I started dyeing my hair in middle school. Was it really? That, like, like yeah. bright orange? That, that was my inspiration. It, I couldn't <gasps> go that orange. Have you never seen pictures of this? I couldn't go that orange because um, school. Yeah, no, I first started. I before I dyed my hair that natural red in high school. Um, before the black hair, I used to dye my hair like, I mean, orangey red. No, ah, maybe I don't know, but not like that fire, like that bright orange. I think the song itself like won a Teen Choice Award. It also in 2015 to jump ahead a little bit, it um, was certified triple platinum, which means it had over 3 million units sold, which is a lot. 
and that was 2015 so yeah. like it's probably much more than that now and plus i don't know how they count streams and stuff anymore but definitely even into like 2015 even to nowadays it's like that's the song is still like their most popular song and like still a popular song it's it's still really good yeah i mean i feel like it's one of the songs that you hear about the most with them to be honest yep. like i mean not that they don't have other like good songs but i would say this this is definitely the one they're most known for for sure for sure at least for maybe because like some of their newer stuff has been kind of popular too on the radio so like maybe the younger generation knows that better but like for us for I, I think most Paramore fans that this is the one that definitely got them famous and like is one of their this like, is the, the one that kind of put them song. on the map yeah right all right what what's up next all right so the next song is the one you talked about earlier crush 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 yes super good I remember this one too I remember watching it on MTV. My favorite part of that song, get this, is when they go like, crush, crush, crush. <laughs> like the, the whispering, crush, two, three, four. Sorry. <laughs> I'm done. It's so I'm good. Done, sorry. This is another one that slaps. It's so good. It was their second single, and it was released um, in October 2007 um, with a music video. It peaked at number 41 on Billboard Hot 100, so another one. So Misery Business peaked, and then this one also did uh, two. Um, so they went from not charting at all to charting pretty twice, well. Twice, yeah. And then I think with the album, too. So it's like they just broke out of you know, nowhere, and it was really great. I guess, yeah, the music video you kind of mentioned, it's uh, them in, like, the desert being spied on, and then, like, later their stuff gets, like, destroyed, and it's, like, super edgy in, like, the, the desert and, like, super cool. And, <laughs> yeah, so this song, I think... I don't know. Again, I'm not like a super lyricy person, but this one makes sense to me because it's like I think it's, you know, you're with somebody, but you don't. You're not really, like, really official, but you want to be like more than friends, maybe like more than what you are, and like they're giving you mixed signals, but like the whole thing, like they like they taped over their mouth, scribbled out the truth with their lies. Your little spies. I don't get that part. I don't really understand that part. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like they stopped you from talking and replaced your truth with whatever their narrative is. I don't get the your little spies part. I don't really either. Maybe if, like, he's being annoying or something and, like, I don't know. But it's still good. It's song slaps. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, this is the first one I heard from them. And it's still, like, and this is exactly what I said. Just the energy is so much higher for everyone, I feel like, than their first album. And I don't know exactly what what the difference is i i couldn't i can't put my finger on that but it just it sounds maybe they're more confident maybe it's a confidence thing that could be it too and it just it feels like louder and i think when you listen through the album i feel like and maybe it's like they have a more cohesive like way to go through the album like they're just like such high energy or maybe it was like right place at the right time kind of thing i mean i don't really know what's going on with other artists at this time but it's like I, th- I think this was definitely one that, that spoke to the hearts of the emos. It could also be, you know, that they finally found their footing. They had nothing else to lose. I mean, they already put out an album that didn't do so great. Um, and so this, it was kind of like, well, let's just have fun with it. Like, I could see that as a possibility. Yeah. But yeah. I love this song. Yeah, me too. Was there anything else you wanted to say about it? I really didn't have anything else, just that it's a really good song. No, just, that it, just that it slaps. That's right. We, that's, our, that's our quote of the day, that music slaps. To take a break from the album for a minute, I will say um, that they were, the Paramore as the band, was nominated for Best New Artist at the 50th 
Grammy Awards in February 2008. Um, they were up against uh, Ledisi, Feast, Faced, Amy Winehouse, and Taylor Swift. Who do oh, wow. you who do you think won? What what's what's the category again? Best new artist. Best new artist at the Grammys. Was it Taylor Swift? No. Taylor Swift or Amy Winehouse. I feel like it's got to be one of those two. Not Paramore? You don't believe in them? Um, it could be them, I guess. I don't know. I just, Amy Winehouse and Taylor Swift are just such huge names now. That's true. Yeah, uh, so the winner was Amy Winehouse. She actually, uh-huh. that night she won, I think, like, seven, seven Grammys or something. Like, super big. Wow. It was, like, um, for that first debut album she had. So after that, after the Grammys, they did a tour in the UK in early 2008 with an- some other bands I don't know. I'm sorry, but Newfound Glory Kids. Oh my in- God! Do you know them? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Kids. They- so they they toured with them. Kids in Glass Houses and Conditions. They began their tour in Europe, but they pretty much like right after. I was getting like Jonas Brothers flashbacks because like right after starting their Europe tour, um, they canceled all their tours in Europe to. Work on some personal issues, they said. And so there was lots of speculation that the band was going to break up at this time. Which kind of leads us into our next song called That's What You Get. I don't know if you, did you listen to that? Oh, I know that song very well. Did you watch the music video for it? Uh, probably not since like 2008. Okay, so before we get 2010, into the actual, whenever <laughs> before we get into the actual music part of it, the music video for this was shot like only a week after they canceled their European tour, and so like there was tons of rumors at the time they were going to break up. They wanted to film this music video, so what they ended up doing is, if you watch the music video, it's like super low key of them like just playing at someone's house, like in a in a um, like a party, like a house party, and it's. Haley thought it would be a really good idea to keep it low key because of all the rumors. So they only invited friends and family and like that's who's in the music video. So like I thought that was kind oh. of interesting. Anyway, so the actual song itself, what do you think of it? Oh my god, I love this song. This song to me, I mean I love Crush Crush Crush. Crush 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 is my favorite. But that's what you get is the Paramore song that gets stuck in my head all the time. Not all the time, but more so than the other Paramore songs. Like so catchy. They're like the da na 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 na. That's part what? of it. Like the very beginning of it gets stuck in my head. See, to me, it's the chorus. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wait, no. I'm looking at the wrong. I'm not thing. gonna sing because I'm not good at singing. But <laughs> that's what you get. I mean, the whole song and like I just I love the way she sings it. I don't know the song. Ah, oh, it's just so good. Yeah, and it's also like I I wouldn't even say this has like a strict narrative, which you know how much I like that. But it's just, you know, it's relatable feelings, and it's definitely, like, it's very well written. So, like, I wonder how am I supposed to feel when you're not here, because I burned every bridge I ever, ever built when you were here. I still try holding on to silly things I never learn. Oh, why? All the possibilities I'm sure you've heard. Um, I don't understand that last line so much, but definitely, like, you can see where she's coming from, like, you know, you hear all the time, like, people, some people, when they get into a relationship, they build their whole life around that relationship, and then when it's over, it's like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Who who do you talk to? Where are your friends who you haven't talked to for months now, you know? Yep. Yep. For sure. But you know what? You know what, Anna? That's what you get when you let your heart win. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do like, I like how, like, the, when they sing the that's what you get part, it's like, like, na, 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 na. And it's like, 
It's it's very good. Oh it's, yeah, I see what you mean now. It, I thought I thought sense. I thought you were saying that's like the tune they were singing to. Like no 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 no. I was like, what are you? This it is, is like a though, one direction kind song. of. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's sing songy for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just like mocking that person and like like that's what you get, jerk. You suck. I mean, it seems like she's mocking herself. True. That's what you get. Na 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, another good song. Um, To skip ahead a little bit, um, I also put in there the song Hallelujah. This one is probably one of my favorite songs by her. Just, she sounds so good. I know the lyrics are not that great. I don't know, but like, she sounds so good. I don't necessarily. I don't. I don't think I like the chorus. I mean, it's. It sounds. It sounds pretty good. I'll say it's a solid song, but it's just not. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like the other ones we've talked about, the energy was so high, and this one like calms it down a bit. Which you know, you need that balance on an album, but. You do. You know, like I said, I'm not a diehard fan. I am. I, I'm clearly a most popular song fan for oh, when it comes to Paramore. But like, it's, I think what gets for me is like it's just the the how she sings it so well and like holds those notes like has that like i'm making motions with my hands but you can't see me <laughs> like cracks her voice kind of i don't know mm-hmm. it's i don't know so good this is definitely one of my and it's like because i'm more of like i like to sing along in the car kind of thing and like this is one of my favorite songs to sing along in the car too so how holds a special place in my heart she is, it, it definitely, it's, it's hard to say any of their songs are, like, bad songs, just because, like, she's such a good vocalist, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'll but I'll, I'll admit, like, this song doesn't have, like, much meaning behind it, or it's not as much energy, but it's definitely really pretty. I, I really like it. Unfortunately, I would go through, like, all of that, like, the album, but um, the last one we're going to talk about is Fences. This is another uh, deep cut. This isn't a popular one. I used to play, I played this album into the ground when I was okay. in middle school, but I haven't listened to it much since then. So I have to remind myself of some of these that aren't, yeah. you know, the big three. But yeah, I I actually, I really liked this one. They the kind of sounded a little different. Like, I don't even know what the right way It sounds to a little bit more like poppy to me. Yeah, definitely not like a headbanger though. Yeah, I don't know if I would call it. I, I don't know if I. Well, it's all kind of like pop rock, isn't it? But I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to describe what it sounds like. But just like the cadence of it, the guitars, like it's, it, it is. It seems like a very bouncy song. Yeah. Okay. Does that, I make, like does that, that. make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> like yeah. it's bounce. I wouldn't say it's like high energy. Like doesn't make you want to jump up and down and bang your head. But it, it definitely makes me want to sit there and like bob my head. Yeah. It's. I, I think it's the drums. I think it's like the mm-hmm. like that's how it makes you. Kind of, yeah, Bobby. I like that. Okay. This is another one of my favorite songs on the album. I thought I'd mention it. Um, What's it about? I don't really... No, I didn't look up the lyrics for this. The lyrics confuse me. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I mean, is it like putting up fences or something? I think it, I, it seems like it's about, you know, being in the public eye. Like, you, you know, it's like there's a magnifying glass up to your up, up to your life. And it sounds like, you know, saying put up a front. Don't let them see how you really feel like, yeah, this is not the greatest sometimes, but like, 
Well, for example, don't look up. Just let them think there's no place else you'd rather be. So just kind of like have this persona, you know, as so many artists do of this is great and my life is amazing and I love this life and blah, 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 blah. But maybe it's like, you know, I miss some things that I can't do anymore. Mm hmm. Like going to the grocery store without getting recognized, you know. <laughs> you can't do that. I can now that we wear masks. That's true. That is true. For the one, most part. One benefit of masks, you don't get recognized. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, anyway. <laughs> so that's all the the, all the songs I had picked out on Riot. Overall, that album is amazing. So if you have a chance and you haven't, go listen to the whole thing. I don't have time to talk through all of them, but I'll, there are yeah. some like really good deep cut ones that, that are worth a listen. Like Misery Business, the acoustic version? Ooh, <laughs> girl, don't get me started. <laughs> anyway, bad joke, I'm sorry. Anyway. So, um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I, I, again, this, a lot of this was new to me because I did not know, A, that much about their history, but B, I thought Riot was their first album, again, until you texted me saying, hey, listen to these songs from their first album. Mm-hmm, so... Yeah. So this is going to end up being probably a two or three parter. We've got more to talk about, uh, but that was it for their beginnings um, and the the first two albums that they have for Paramore. And I know later on we can talk about two, but um, Haley has been um, putting out some of her own stuff, but that's probably going to be another topic as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you said you kind of learned some new stuff, but what was something else you learned today? <laughs> No, I mean, just that that whole first album existed. I'm still kind of, like, take, surprised by that. Um, I'm definitely, I only listened to the ones you sent me. I, I'm probably have to sit down and listen to more of it, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, yeah, the thing is, the, the talking about Paramore is, like, I feel like it's just a struggle for me right now because, again, it's just taking me back to middle school. No one wants to go back to middle school. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm just remembering I'm sorry, being I'm sorry, in I'm my... <laughs> No, 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 you're fine. I'm just, like, having flashbacks to being in my friend's room and us listening to, like, Misery Business, but, like, somebody had to stay by her uh, CD player, her her little (laughs) CD stereo, um, to turn it down real quick for the whore part (laughs) so that her mom wouldn't come in and be mad at us. Um, So it's just... uh, you know, and this is a band that I haven't listened to for a while. Okay. So it's interesting to sort of revisit someone who I would say probably not was my favorite band, but I used to listen to them somewhat regularly. Mm -hmm. So this has been interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, this, this, I would say Paramore is probably one of my favorites. And, like, I gotta, I have such a soft spot for female, like, vocalists who, like, are such belters. Like, I think that's, like, Mm -hmm. what, that, like, sounds so good to my ears. I, I love those types of songs and those types of artists. And that's, I think that's, probably why I like Paramore a lot but I also do really like their songs kind of like get me going and I'm just like yeah like I'm, I'm ready to take on the day-to-day kind of a thing the angst is real the angst is real in my little emo heart even though I am <laughs> definitely not <laughs> no I feel that I've been listening to a lot of like punk rock heavy metal stuff lately so this is this is pretty this is pretty good time up for your me. alley yeah so, I, so yeah. I think that's about it um I guess let us know what I said wrong or if I missed something because like there wasn't a lot of information out there since this like stuff is so old. So like if you guys have been to a Paramore um, like really early concert or like you know so, like you've met them and, and know some of their information, let us know. Well, first though, what song would you like to add to our playlist here? Oh, I think I'm going to go with Crush, Crush, Crush though, just for nostalgia. 
I'll go for I'll go for the classic misery business. It's gonna go on our Spotify. Okay. Well, I guess then we'll uh, we'll meet back here next time. How can they to find that on Spotify? On Spotify, the easiest way is to go to our Twitter at Radio Brain Pod and follow the link in our bio. Okay. Go do I that. don't think it's big enough to pop up easily when you search it. Okay, cool. But the playlist itself is called Radio Brain Soundtrack. Okay. Very nice. But yeah, um, we'll pick up next week. Oh, I never added the Billy songs to oh it. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I'm a failure. That's okay. Um, I'll go add them now. Okay. Yeah, next week we'll, we'll keep going with this. If there's something, like, you want to tell us, you want me to include, let me know, because, like, I'm still kind of writing what to say next week. So there's that. Or in two weeks. You know, we got time. We need to figure out how to end these things. I, we can't just say bye. Oh, yeah. Uh, why not? Because that's our p- other thing. Well, oh, we like can say... I like catch you on the flip side. Catch on the flippity flip? The flippity flip? Let's do it. Cool. Okay. <laughs> that's such an abrupt ending. Uh, maybe we should just have Sound Guy do, like, a lazy fade out. Oh, that's that's probably better, too. Like, we're just talking and it just fades or into nothing. we can just keep saying flippity flip, flippity flip, flippity flip, flippity flip, flippity flip. Or flippity flip. we can just flippity toss flip. it to the outro music. Flippity flip. <laughs> Let's just let's just toss it to the outro music. How's that sound? Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. And now next up on the podcast, take a take a take a listen to some hot tunes by Oblique. Starting in three, two, one.